This past week, Beto O'Rourke kicked off his presidential campaign, claiming the world faces catastrophe. I'll assume that this must be a major catastrophe, bigger than losing a Senate race to Count Chocula. Beto went on to warn that hundreds of millions of climate refugees will overwhelm our nation's borders. This sounds like he feels that this is a really important problem that we all need to address. Just imagine all these refugees coming across our borders. Man, if only there was some way that you could keep people from coming across our borders. Something you could build, a barrier of some kind, a curtain. You know, somebody will think of it. Somebody smarter than me. Somebody will definitely get back to you on that. And finally, uh, Beto went on to predict that humanity could go extinct unless we fix the planet in 12 years. So what you're saying is we've only got 12 years left. Well, we might as well enjoy it and re-elect Trump because it'll be more interesting the next five. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Trump Report. I am Christian Blatt, joined on the far side of the desk by Scott Moore and our guest... Senya. Hi, <laughs> Senya Villarreal. Uh, I did know that. I was just, uh, I was gesturing for those watching on YouTube. And yeah, but you know what? You know well enough. Scott must have warned you because I could have totally forgotten your name by now. You know? Uh, or I could have just been like, hi, Chelsea, you know, and just thought that right. you were, you know, this, the same person that we always talk to on the show. I'm just normally used to it because I have such an unusual name. It's true. It is. It's S E N I A, correct? Yes. And uh, we really appreciate you uh, sitting in here. Uh, we're, we, try to, we try to mix up the uh, viewpoints on this mm-hmm. show. We usually don't succeed, but we try to have fun. And I don't know, I think, I think that we do successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get to know you for a moment. Uh, what would you like to tell us about uh, your background, outlook, a- anything that you want to share to the people? Okay. Um, so... I spent the last year uh, working for a very popular conservative pundit who shall remain nameless at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so my life revolved around the news uh, and all, all the news cycles for the last year. And let me tell you, do you guys remember that Rex Tillerson at one time was Secretary of State? Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, that, right, Scott? That, yeah, yeah, that sounds like something. Yeah, that right. sounds that, that yeah. was like that, that, that was like bell. ten years ago. It, it, I yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> At least it feels like At that. Least. So, um, and now I am just your normal, average, uh, run-of-the-mill producer that goes around LA, you know, doing stuff. Uh, I am center, like right of center. Maybe I was probably more to the right prior to this last year. And I think working in news moved me more to the center. That's yeah. interesting, though. That's actually that's especially with working in a in a conservative type environment that it actually went the other way a well, little, it, little bit. I can see that going one of two ways. Mm-hmm. It goes in where you know you're maybe you drink the Kool Aid, or because you spend all day there, all of a sudden you find yourself completely on the opposite side of where everybody is 
maybe just sometimes because of uh, the people you work with. When you talk about the news cycle, uh, you sent us an email earlier today. You enjoyed kind of unplugging from the news for the last week. I did. Yeah. I did. I spent the last week because I, I literally just stopped doing it uh, a week ago. And I was like, I don't want to know anything that's going on, <laughs> on Twitter. I don't want to know anything that's going on with Trump, the news. Uh, there were a few things that did seep in that were heartbreaking. And then when you sent that email, I was like, oh, time to start catching up. Yeah, you know, uh, for years I produced uh, Dennis Miller's uh, nationally syndicated radio show, uh, so I, I had my well, I had I had my head in a few places, but I had my head in the news a lot. And uh, when I went on my honeymoon, I you know just didn't follow anything, and I was I was just like, wait a minute. Ted Kennedy died three days ago, and I had no idea. <laughs> I was just like, just imagine if I had if I had been at home. So yeah, it's nice to to take a breath. Here's the thing: the news is going to still be there, mm-hmm. you know. And despite what some people might tell you, the country is still going to be here. We're going to we're going to be standing. You know, maybe if you take off more than a week, you, it's hard to say. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so there uh, there is uh, a lot to uh, talk about. And unfortunately, we'll start off with the uh, the mosque shootings in New Zealand. I think that the shootings themselves have uh, been covered uh, quite well, you know, in the sense of the amount of coverage. Obviously, it's a it's a horrific story. Uh, the angle I wanted to talk about was this uh, essentially this immediate ban on semi-automatic rifles in uh, in New Zealand. And of course, a lot of people were like, see, look how easy it is. And I think it's great on something that, you know, when you, you see, un- unfortunately, if people so choose, they're able to watch a video of, of how this happened, despite how many times you might tell Twitter or YouTube to take it down. It's still there. So you're able to see that. And then the direct result is, yeah, we shouldn't sell those anymore. And I, I'm of two minds of this. I think that is a, is a, it's great to ha- see a quick response like that, but I don't like the idea of politicians being able to decide. Well, everybody agrees on this, so we're going to just do it tomorrow, uh, because obviously there are people who feel that semi-automatic or not, uh, they don't like the idea when you start taking away any guns, uh, any any of that. And I think that there are plenty of people that you know their personal beliefs might be in opposition of this president or maybe the previous president. And there are plenty of things where if they had the next day been like, yeah, we're going to do this thing, uh, they would be upset. So I think it's nice to see that you can get things done that fast. But I think realistically, I don't know that I want to live in a in a in a society where it's that easy to do. Uh, Scott, to give our guest a moment to uh, mm-hmm. to compose her thoughts, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the hot seat. What okay. do you think about obviously uh, obviously the 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 tragedy in and of itself, sure, but uh, in, in this aspect of the you know almost immediate ban on semi-automatic weapons? Well, I mean, you have to take it in the to consideration that New Zealand is very different from the U.S. to begin with. First right. of all, population wise, they have like 5 million people total, yeah. uh, which is half the population of right here in Los Angeles County. So if you look at just the numbers, it's less. You look at the political structure, it's different. Um, you know, No Second Amendment, no other things. When you look at something uh, uh, the size of a country like the U.S., it, it makes something like that happening that quickly pretty much non-existent in general sure. with our politics. Um, and that's where it's kind of left state to state until you get you know certain things that some one side or another feels has gone too far. Uh, with gun control, but uh, so that that in itself makes it very different from 
saying something like that would happen here in the U.S. just because it's 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 a different situation. And what might work there for them making that immediate change is is something that may not work here. As much as people might agree with or disagree with um, having automatic weapons and and what kind of bans you should have, um, it's it's just a very different political reality in New Zealand that you just you can't compare with here in the states. So that that would be my general overview on that. Uh, Senya, what do you think about sort of both sides of uh, of that equation? Well, okay, first off, again, you know, like you mentioned, New Zealand, New Zealand doesn't have a Second Amendment. So, of right. course, it is very easy for them to say, okay, we're going to go ahead and ban all this. Um, I don't I don't agree that that's the best way to go about anything. I think that generally whenever you have a tragedy like that, you need to be able to take some time, step away from the emotional part of it. Okay. I think that making decisions that affect a huge a, a huge population over uh, during an emotional time is just a very bad idea to begin with. Um, I you know I, I am pro Second Amendment. I do understand you know that people that a lot of people who talk about banning semi automatics don't quite understand what that actually means. Um, and so I think that that. I think that I just don't think it's a good idea. And I, I understand where they're coming from, you know, with the with the tragedy. But I just I don't think that it's a good idea. So. Right. Yeah. No, I think that uh, I think there there is that feel good moment in something that's terrible that you you know you can't feel good about. But it's like it's a little it's there's this sort of silver lining the day after. It's like, look how quickly they did that. And a lot of people were excited about it. And uh, yeah, I do. As slow as Washington is and how long as it takes things to get done, I I think I like things being a little slower than that. And yeah, I mean, look, there are there are plenty of countries that people don't think about that don't have amendments like that. There are, you know, uh, First Amendment issues that, uh, you know, there are freedoms of speech that are not afforded to uh, a lot of uh, other countries. You know, there's very specific cases and, you know, there's libel laws that are easier to prosecute in other countries like the UK. So, yeah, I think it, it, it is a very, a very different uh, place. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Let us know what you think uh, in the chat and uh, we'll weigh in on those comments. Uh, President Trump ha- didn't uh, – we waited the weekend before he pointed out that the media is trying to blame him for the recent mosque attacks. Now, my understanding is that the reason the media is doing that is not because – well, so number one, sure, they're very focused on, you know, finding things that they can blame him for. But at the same time, my understanding, Scott, is that there uh, were some kind of expressed admiration for uh, the president by one of the shooters. And when we talk about these things, I, I never uh, see any reason to mention the names of any of the shooters right, right. or anything like that. I, 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 by the, just as an aside... Uh, I've seen some of the coverages blurring out one of their faces, and I, and I had not seen that before the shooting. And I don't know if that's just there, if it's footage from New Zealand. But I was like, yes, we should always do that. Mm-hmm. We we shouldn't talk about who they are. We shouldn't, you know. You can talk about what happened from a from a news standpoint, but uh, uh, I, I don't I don't know that I need to know that much about them. But anyway, I think that that was one of the things that uh, we've heard. Is that yes. I, am I am I incorrect on no, that? No, that 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 is. Uh... That is what we've heard, and and I think you know it goes beyond that. Is is that he tends to he tends to allow these things to sort of fester and not really have a strong enough pushback. 
unless he's kind of forced to do it. Right. And I think so that even leads people to feel more of that he's on their side, even if he's not directly on on their side. It's the fact that he doesn't push back enough, you know, like when it goes back to the UVA thing in, in 2017 with the protesters and, you know, he mentions there's fine people on both sides. And, you know, there, there are other instances like that where he does that. And so it makes people kind of feel like, okay, you know, I kind of support him and he, he believes in us, even if he's not going to blatantly say it, um, like David Duke and others too. And and so it, it kind of lends itself to have that appearance, um, whether he likes it or not. And because he sort of enjoys having that um, bully tactic and, and making fun of people and, and doing and saying certain things that kind of lend it to have behavior that um, allows other people to maybe feel that he supports their cause, even if he didn't directly do it. So. Right. You know, sometimes I guess the, the, what you're saying is by not condemning something uh, that is sort of is almost like a backhanded endorsement, even if it's not intended that way, right. it can be perceived that way. And some of his other things like the <laughs> Muslim ban and other things that sure. people could look to and say, oh, and here's some other like things. Any, yeah. Like a lot of people do, you know, with, with anything, if they want to change the facts around to kind of go in there their uh, favor they can twist things around in that and that's one of the other things too that <sighs> what were you going to say about that it. you're going to make me defend trump <laughs> you're going to make me defend trump this is mu- the main reason why uh conservative minded exactly. people don't like to come on here is because they end up in that situation uh including you know past guests we've had who didn't even who right. didn't even come close to voting for him exactly you i know? did not vote right, for trump exactly. I, went, I went so far i'm just going to say i voted for gary johnson there are photos of me with the big old sign gary johnson because i was like no, yeah. no. Yes. <laughs> but you, okay. Here's the thing: we we know that Trump is an egomaniac, right? Okay, so he is going to cozy up and be friendly to everybody that is nice to him, right? Okay, and so if you are going, everyone realizes it. The only people who won't do it are the leftists. If a lot of the leftists were to start cozying up with Trump, mm-hmm. left, you know, and I don't mean that. I just Yes. The leftists, if they were to start cozying up with Trump, Trump would be all over them as well. And to say that he condones or that, you know, he gives off the semblance of condoning all of that. It's not true. I mean, that's like the it's like saying that, you know, because he's being cozy with uh, uh, Kim Jong Un, that he completely, you know, that he gives off the semblance that he condones what Kim Jong Un is doing. That's not true. Um, Also, if I was. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I don't know much about the shooter, and I don't like I don't even know his name. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but didn't he? Wasn't the whole purpose of his manifesto was to start a culture war in America? Didn't he actually state somewhere in there that he wanted to? Uh, yeah, do I that? believe it was something like that. And mm-hmm. just for uh, clarification, the uh, shooter is Australian. Mm-hmm. This was in New Zealand, right, and right. yet he was focused on American politics. Yes. So it's a little bit a lot of it's, there's a, there's a there. lot to yes. follow, and that's the level where I think that the reporting is mm-hmm. important because it, it's mm-hmm. just trying to make sense of it. Obviously, you're trying to. It, it makes sense of the senseless, essentially, right. but it, it's just sort of well, how does it happen, and what can you learn to try to you know prevent these uh, sort of things? Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean that is a point that we get a lot about President Trump is that you know he 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 give he's he's not he's not like 
racist friendly, but it's like, yeah, the doors open a little bit. But to what you were saying about, uh, you know, people on the left that cozy up to him. I mean, you'd think Kanye West was his best friend when yes. they came over for lunch. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I'm, I'm, not even re- I'm not even remotely a Kanye fan, but everyone in Kanye's life were like, I think he needs to be institutionalized. <laughs> There's a problem with him. He needs to be on watch. I don't know what's wrong with Kanye, why well, you would sit down with him. But also, look what happened. Yeah. He, you know, Kim, uh, Kim Kardashian was then able to go in right after yeah. Kanye and be like, I need criminal justice reform and I need it now. And that's, it's like Trump is, he's just all ego, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. stroke it and it's, and he's, he's like, he's your best friend. He's a kitten. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yes, although, you know, obviously a, a mild criticism uh, will send him in, into a shame spiral. You know, yeah. I mean, tweeting about Saturday Night Live on a week that it's a rerun. So it's like you've already tweeted about this episode and you didn't you didn't remember it. You didn't think it was odd that everyone was being wished Merry Christmas in this episode. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. My my boss, Dennis Miller, recently uh, coined the term that he's a, he's a thin-skinned rhinoceros. For as tough as Trump is, and he can be a bull in a china shop, as it, it, you know, it's the ultimate, like, oh, he can dish it out, but he, he can't take even, like, one one-hundredth of it. But that's, a, it t- that's a typical bully, though, in the right. sense of, like, they can, all day long, can call everyone else every kind of name in the book, but the minute you do anything back to him, he's, you know, completely does, you know, thin-skinned and Ridiculous. Right. Uh, But, Senya, to President Trump's uh, point, uh, do you feel like the media does go out of their way, maybe not even for this issue, they go out of their way to blame him and find a way to connect him to to things? Do Do you think he's completely wrong on that, or is there at least a hint of truth to that? First off, define the media. Uh, because it's they're, broad. They're, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I don't want to paint the media with a broad sure. brush in that. And I will, but I will say that there are uh, certain aspects uh, of media person, like certain media personalities, especially that yeah, will, certainly personalities that mm-hmm. will go after him and completely be unfair. Uh, like for instance, I you know I I can't watch CNN anymore. I really cannot because it, it you know most of them are so so anti-Trump that they can't even be unbiased in their reporting. The only one that the only show that I can watch is Jake Tapper because I think that he's the only one that is truly fair. Uh, so, do, but unfortunately, a lot of the media personalities that do go out of the way to go after Trump have the bigger platform, right? And so it does seem like oh, the, the entire media is going after him. No, 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 that's not true because there are still very good reporters that are out there, you know, trying to get the truth, trying to get you know the, the actual story. Uh, but unfortunately, the 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 big talking heads suck up all the oxygen and make it seem as if they are going after Trump. Right. And uh, obviously, when you talk about the media, CNN is always at the forefront. Uh, it, it does not seem to be helping their viewership. But uh, I guess when you, you dig in, that's that's what you do. And uh, we uh, also talk a lot about on the show about the uh, the failing New York Times and <laughs> the uh, Amazon Washington Post. Mm-hmm. So uh, both of which I still read and I still yeah. love. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, every once in a while you can see, well, what's going on in the Washington Times today? What's happening? Happening over there. Uh, so, uh, let, well, let us know what you think in the chat uh, uh, about that. Uh, and one final uh, point about uh, about New, Z- New Zealand. Uh, the let's see if I if I have this right. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, this is the uh, video that I forgot to send. Uh, but uh, we all know about Egg Boy, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, the the young man who was uh, seventeen, and he 
egged the Queensland uh, uh, Senator uh, Frazier, uh, not to be confused with Kelsey Grammer, just in case anybody <laughs> thought that, Jeez. you know. I, look, I, I'm here to clarify <laughs> for our viewership. I, look, I report, they decide, all right? right. It's, it's, uh, and, you know, it's uh, so they, uh, you know, very controversial uh, figure that, you know, for the most part, most of us had no idea who he was. But mm-hmm. you read a little bit about him. Uh, and so the kid uh, throws an egg at him. Films the whole thing, and uh, I don't know. The senator smacks him, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, yeah, that's what that's what you have to expect to happen when you throw an egg at anyone." Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think you you'd like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a kid." And by the way, you're barely a kid. It's not like an eight year old did it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and he was filming it, so clearly, you know, he, he the, the whole thing was was very uh, very calculated. So, uh, Senny, when you see something like that, uh, yeah, I think the kid needed to be you know punched in the face, maybe even a little bit a little bit a little bit rougher than what he got. Um, okay, well, but I thought, okay, so, one, my reaction would have been the same. I would have turned around and backhanded Yeah, I, I wouldn't have turned around and been like, let me judge how old this person is. No. And right. how, what are the optics of this? No. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I don't want to throw this out there, but especially as a female, you know, you're sure. kind of on guard. So you're like, if someone comes up and touches you, you're going to be like, boom, you know, right. bam, I'm going to hit you. Um, what I didn't agree with, though, is I, I guess I, I read somewhere that his uh, his – his security guards yeah. beat him up even more, which oh, I was more like, than more than we see in the video. More than we oh, see okay. in the video. So, um, so that that was that's that's, that's a little different. A little I'm talking different. about the immediate reaction. Yeah. The immediate but, reaction yeah. was completely one thousand percent justified. That yeah. was, I mean, if anything, I think that the guy didn't hit him hard enough. Yeah. I would have punched. Uh, I, I was gonna say I think it's it's natural it would have happened. <laughs> yeah, but when you look at it, the optics it's always gonna be like, oh, this. Politician is now. Yeah, grown man is going man is going after this kid, which never looks good. But you're right; it's just natural instinct. You're like something's coming to your face. Whoever might run against Senator Frazier in the future, I I think they have their commercial, which (laughs) is just this on loop. (laughs) And he's like, "I'm not going to hit your kids," and I support this message. You know, that's probably all you need. Uh, But uh, the the 17 year old boy, I I will say his name is Will Connolly. People started to go fund me for him, and he has said that he's going to uh, donate those funds to uh, various organizations that are helping the mosque victims. So at least he's not like, you know, thanks for the GoFundMe. I'm going to keep all that money. Uh, So I I don't know. That's a nice end to the story. Yeah, that's that's why I thought uh, it was worth getting into. Uh, All right, so uh, now we've uh, had this... uh, this veto circling, and I think I think it happened the other day. But uh, all I know is that when I was at the gym, they kept telling me at C- on CNN that it was coming, and I didn't see it. So my assumption is that he signed a veto, <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it's nice, I guess, when you know that the veto is coming. All of a sudden, you get a, a few more Republicans are like, especially. Look, I don't want to say Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio, and Mitt Romney are opportunists, but oh wait, I do want to say that <laughs> uh, that they're just like, oh yeah, us too. We don't like it either, you know. Like when it, well past the point where it matters. Uh, but uh, I guess my first question is, uh, Senya, do you think that the Senate Republicans have enough invested in this to? try and find one more vote to actually block the veto or they're just like this was all really just for show the, the 59 votes i think it was just for show yeah me too I, yeah i'm yeah. like no they don't have they're 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 not this is not a hill that they want to die on yeah so no yeah. no, no. I, although i was surprised by the amount of really red state 
Republicans that did vote for it. You know, when you think about Roger Wicker in Mississippi and you think about Roy Blunt in Missouri and some of those that really kind of went on the edge to me to, to support, um, well, support overturning the, the emergency declaration. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to have the, the two-thirds they're going to need to be able to actually overturn it. Um, he hasn't signed it yet because I believe it takes about 10 days before it because it has to go back through Oh, I thought it took him 10 and... days to write his name. I was just <laughs> like, what takes 10 days? Okay, sorry. But I think it was important for Republicans, and I'm sure Mitch McConnell said, you know, fine with a couple of you decide you want to do it because it 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 does at least say that they're taking a stand for the separation of of the executive power with the with the legislative powers and that is important and i think republicans are also thinking ahead to one day when there's a democrat president and thinking okay democrats going to do the same thing mm-hmm. um if we're allowing this to stand now then we can't say it's not okay in the future so i think it was a nice way of them being able to say we're against this but, you know, we don't have enough people to now overturn it, but at least we put it on the record to say we're against it. So. Republicans learned the lesson uh, that Harry Reid taught them, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's like you you cannot just think about what's going to happen two right. days from now, but what's going to happen, you know, two years from now, right. you know, who's going to be next elected. And, yeah, I, I that, that to me was pretty hopeful. So. Which is what we've talked about before. Uh, on here is the fact that Harry Reid kind of opened that door that now allowed Mitch McConnell to just open it w- wide open when it mm-hmm. came to like the nuclear, uh, you know, votes and just having fifty plus one and that that sort of thing. That he crept that door open and then Mitch McConnell was able to take that and and swing the door wide open. And now, you know, the Senate decorum is going to be changed forever on both sides and whoever's controlling, which is which is sad. And and we did talk about that being it started with Harry Reid, but. You know, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens over the next week or two and how many more Republicans come over in the House, especially, to see if more uh, Senate Republicans will decide it's within their best interest to now raise the numbers and actually make it a bigger deal. But we've also talked about this before, too. The wall is going to be held up in lawsuits for years and years and years to begin Mm -hmm. with. So even with a national emergency declaration, it's not going to happen right away. So a lot of Republicans are also feeling like, great, we can at least avoid this and and then focus on re-election next year, which is for a lot of them is going to be difficult. So they'd rather get this out of the way now. Right. And Senya, uh, most weeks when we talk about the wall, I kind of always make the point that the best thing for President Trump's re-election campaign is that people keep getting in his way and stopping the wall. He's like, mm-hmm. look, I'm trying to mm-hmm. build it for you. Yeah. I've gone down there and I've I've started piling up bricks, but they won't let me build it for you. You have to send me back so I get... So, you know, it's it, it, getting it tied up, all this stuff, it just helps. If he it actually does. built the wall... Well, then Aunt Coulter wouldn't have anything to write about. Okay, that's not true. But she wouldn't She wouldn't be, you know, laser focused on, but, on and, the issue like she is now. And that's what I said, too. It's like when he started switching his whole talk about, oh, we're building the wall already and we've already been doing that. I thought that's the wrong strategy because mm-hmm. now you're telling people you're doing it. In effect, when you haven't, but you're going to get a lot of people that are like, okay, great, you know, he's done and he's doing the wall and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Where he he should be pushing back on the fact that, like, I'm still trying and... You know, it's in court, but we're gonna we're gonna win and we're gonna do it and, and everything else give him more time kind of thing. So I'm I'm curious to see if he's gonna switch back again and say we're still trying to build it because it was, I felt like he was moving too fast and saying he was building it already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that uh, you you have to manage the expectations mm-hmm. for the people who you already know are gonna vote for you, but uh, you know the people who. You you really need the the fence sitters basically the yeah. the, well, the wall sitters the, the wall sitters, sitters. <laughs> they're just like look I'll, I'm going to sit on a wall mm-hmm. if, if you build it uh, so yeah I think it's 
yeah, it's I, I don't know. I guess so much of what happens in Washington really is just symbolic and doesn't really mean anything. It's uh, the veto doesn't really mean that much. If they overruled the veto, it's like okay, but he's he'll still talk about how he wants to build right. the wall. Um, anyway, in um, the top of the show, uh, I had some fun with Beto O'Rourke <laughs> announcing his presidential campaign. Um, and the times like this are when look, I'll always miss Chelsea when she's not here. <laughs> but uh, I, I think maybe Better Work came on a little strong by warning of the hundreds of millions of climate refugees and the uh, the climate catastrophe overwhelming the borders, and especially when you go as far as to say that we could go extinct unless we fix the planet in the next twelve years. Uh, I think that's when you have moderates who are just like, all right, I I think that's bullshit. I I don't I'm not into that. Like even people who believe in climate mm-hmm. change and are, are concerned about it is like, I don't think we only have 12 years. Uh, I don't like this guy. And look, you got to stand out in in this. I think there's more Democratic candidates than there are people crossing the border illegally. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. <laughs> Somebody could uh, fact check that for me. Thank you. <laughs> but I think that uh, you know, yes, you need to stand out, but it's like. Well, you can't take back that you said this now. So were you to be the nominee? And he won't. But were you to be the nominee? It's just like how easy it is. Like, yeah, but didn't you say we're all going to be extinct in 12 years? Um, as as someone who, you know, could conceivably vote for better work in the future, Scott, if he were, <laughs> if the, one, were the one, if he were the one with the yes. D next to his name and then Trump is the one with the R next yep, to his yep. name, I can see that being yes. a vote. What do you think about that? That rollout, that well, hot rollout? Well, I mean, look, I. Even though I do agree with you, I don't think he'd be the nominee. I, he, he very well could be. Oh, yeah, I, I doubt it. I mean, he could be president. Uh, he could be president. I, I, I know, but I, I don't doubt but, anything can happen anymore. But, no, I would have said either, that. But, yeah. you know, in, I said in, that in like a pre-2016 world, I would have been like, no, yep. there's no chance. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, I don't know anything. Right. I don't know anything. I don't pretend to know <laughs> anything. Scott <laughs> could be president. If, but, like, if Scott, if you ran, I, I, I if could. you ran, I would vote for you. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll just go ahead and run too. Please do. There's enough people. But anyway, back on track. But I will say, yes, I think on one hand, I feel like it'll go back to haunt him. On the other hand, I feel, again, going back to Trump, it's like so many things are out there now. It's going to be old news at some point because there's going to be so many other, uh, what's it called, not conventions, um the debates? debates? Yeah. <laughs> the don't, forget, don't forget, before <laughs> debates, you get town halls. But I'm saying all that you is get... going to happen, and you're going to start winnowing down the Democratic field. You're going to have so much that's going to happen between now and, and, and early next year that... It, I agree. I think it was a terrible... I think the whole rollout was actually really bad. I think his whole announcing didn't work very well. His whole tweet out to the news station didn't work well. And then this was a little bit extreme, too. And and I understand, like you're saying, he wants to try to get himself out there and stand out by saying something dramatic, which, you know, that was... uh, He was basing on that report that said we only had 12 years, so he was, you know, taking it from uh, from that. But, I I mean, I agree. At the end of the day, it's something that's... It's going to be hard to take out. And, And as you were saying... To have moderates or even um, even Republicans who are very turned off by Donald Trump that might be more open to voting for a moderate Democrat would be like, oh, we'll forget that now. He's definitely out, as you're saying, especially even people from his home state that could have been open to him would maybe be turned off by that. So I, I do agree that it wasn't the best uh, rollout, but I think in the long run it, it's not going to hurt well, him here, here's, the here, here's 20 what I'll other say. candidates. Here's what I'll say going for it. It didn't snow, you know? <laughs> 
because we saw that not that long ago. I think that would have uh, that would have hurt uh, the optics uh, again, as we talk so much about. Uh, so, as uh, someone who uh, identifies as center right, if I'm not putting words in your mouth, um, when you hear this sort of I mean, it's all rhetoric, but when you hear this sort of, you know, these promises and uh, fear-mongering uh, from the left, what what is your immediate reaction when you hear what Better O'Rourke had to say? Well, it used to be um, when I was more on the right, I would just shut down. Sure. Like, I don't even want to hear what you have to say. Um, but now it's more of a chuckle because this is a guy who's in his 40s who's taking his talking points from a 29-year-old first-term congresswoman that, for some reason, everybody is in love with, you know, right now. I mean, now. did you see her dance video? Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. She's cute. Right? She's That's cute. all that matters. She's right. adorable, but I, I'm not going to... I. She's definitely... She's not. When it comes to the whole climate debate, it's not smart. And to, to cry wolf and say, oh, we're going to be dead in 12 years or, you know, there's no turning back in 12 years or whatever it is they're saying, because it's just so ridiculous. It's it's just not smart. And I do think that it is going to turn off a lot of moderate Democrats. I, you know what? I know that I know that Biden is expected to announce at any moment. And I think that as soon as Biden announces that Beto is just going to be forgotten, it's going to be it's going to be Biden versus maybe Kamala Kamala. That's yeah. I think uh, I think Beto is he's you know he's the the flavor of the week, but he'll be pushed aside. Yeah, I mean, look, there there was uh, some reporting and of course just excitement on social media that uh, he was able to raise six million dollars very quickly. But if anybody who understands anything about a campaign, I mean, six million dollars doesn't pay for lunch for the next month, <laughs> you know. So it, it, yes, it's like you have things that you can be excited about, but. It, it is also so early in the process. And, right. uh, you know, how much of that $6 million is left already? Well, and also one of the questions that I, I keep hearing a lot of moderates um, ask is, you know, what are Beto's policies? You know, well, he, he's got nothing. He, he hasn't yet. And that's part of the he's thing. He's all bumper sticker. It, it is. And that's part of the thing is that I think he does have to flush out his, his policies a little bit more. But right now he's enjoying being the, you know, the energetic, rock youthful star. rock star type where everyone can just basically project anything they want on him, which... You know, sometimes charisma does work, but it can only take you no. so far. Well, but, I mean, it I works mean, as far as getting the they, crowds. and Charisma and, works when you but, have it. But that's the, that's the first. But that's Beto, the same, but at least he has it. But I think, like you said, he's got to get policy. Beto is what a midlife crisis looks like when you decide to run for president. <laughs> so, no. He couldn't get the sports car. So he's like, well, I guess I'm going to run for president. I guess so. Well, look, well, the, yeah. the, the, only, the only policy that anyone needed to know about him last November was the not Ted Cruz. No. And uh, that didn't work for him. So, uh, but yeah. look, it came close enough in Texas, though, to be the closest uh, sure. Senate race between a Democrat in over 40 years. So it, it so he does obviously have fans, and, and I've said it all along, even if he doesn't make it, I think at some point if a Democrat wins, he could be a VP ticket. He could be something in administration. But yeah, I don't know if he quite has the, the experience to be... And I've heard a lot of people compare yeah, him to Lincoln, because Lincoln lost and went on to... I believe he would be secretary run. of the half pipe for anyone who has seen his <laughs> skateboard moves. Uh, so we can uh, certainly uh, certainly look... We can look for that. Uh, now, also uh, having to do with uh, Better O'Rourke is that a uh, Reuters reporter, it has been revealed, uh, struck a deal that uh, he wouldn't. And I guess, you know, when you're a reporter, you, you say, like, if you give me this information right. uh, yes. and the person says, I'm going to give it to you, yeah. but you can't do anything with it right. until after this point. 
Uh, I feel like if you're a good journalist, you don't go back on your word on things like that. I'm sure it happens all the time. Uh, but also, I mean, so to me, it's like what would have happened if the story that he was a hacker and part of the cult of the dead cow, a computer hack. I mean, first of all, it's a stupid name. So that's that, like know. the whole thing. Uh, so but that th- they wouldn't go with this story until after his bid to unseat Ted Cruz. But this is the kind of reporting about the media that only fuels uh, two of Scott's least favorite words, fake news, <laughs> because that that's what you get is like, so you knew this, you could have, you know, and you could have done something with it. You didn't. Um, when you hear this sort of thing, Senyo, uh, I, I don't know. It's not even remotely surprising to me. But what do you no. think when when you hear this? Uh, and that's the thing that makes me so angry is it's not surprising yeah. because it is Beta O'Rourke. Can you imagine if it had been like a Ted Cruz right. or anything, any any politician with an R behind their name? That that would not. It would have been leaked somehow, and it would have been on the news for like two to three weeks. You know. The fact that Beto O'Rourke has gotten this far, and the guy, look, I understand we do stupid things as kids, but he's gotten this far, and the guy has this in his background, and the DUI, and who knows what other stupid things he did, and that did not, like, drive the news cycle for at least a week, Yeah, is insane. That just would not happen. I'm sorry, this is where I do have to shout, media bias, because that would not happen if it were, you know... A Republican. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, we, well, what we talk a lot about is, you know, people are so excited. <laughs> to- no, no, I, I, I was just going to say, I, I think in a lot of ways it's just not the big deal that it used to be. I mean, I remember when George W. Bush and that was a, a bigger deal. And then before it was Clinton with, you know, I haven't smoked or I haven't inhaled. I, I do think yeah, that... Yeah, now you got Kamala Harris coming like, out inventing saying, yeah, whole stories about right. how she used so, to get high I, and listen I, to Biggie. But, it's like, I can smoke it, but I'm going to send you to jail. Yes, yeah. yeah, no, and that's a whole other issue right. that we could talk about forever. <laughs> but I do think that a lot of those things, and I do believe that would be on both sides. Yes, I'm sure if Donald Trump and they came out and you know, had something that he was doing Adderall or whatever, that... You know, it'd be a big deal. Wait, wait, wait. But, how long did Stormy Daniels, how long did that whole thing last in the news? Well, that was well, a business trend. Oh, was, oh, I'm sorry. Your question was different than I thought it was going to okay, be. Okay. Yeah. I was like, why did they sit on that? Was it because, you know, there, there were financial considerations. Right. And, no, and, and but how long How long was that in the news? In I mean, she's still too? in the news. She's still in the news. Yeah. yeah. But it's also different because you're dealing with a president, too, versus. But to be fair, that story, it, I mean, we did the, not get that story until after he was elected. Yes. You know, so. But I, I will say, I think a lot of those things now, people over not overlook it, but it's not seen as the deal breaker that it used to be like 20 years ago that if anybody had a DUI or a drug, you know, issue or anything else. And as we've seen with Donald Trump, you know, people know that he's had relationships with women. And and as we see with Bill Clinton, it was a huge deal for him. And, you know, he was able to still win. Uh, But it was a much bigger deal. And the media did cover it huge back in the 90s. So I think that a lot of these things now are not the issues that they once were, and I believe that's for both Republicans and Democrats, that there's a lot more of forgiveness, a lot more people not having the issue with drugs and, and other things that they might have had 15, 20 years ago that they can overlook now Yeah, I mean, well. I, I think that it, were he a candidate today, if uh, Gary Hart said, go ahead and follow me, yeah. uh, not only would they have not found that he was carrying on a – they just wouldn't have followed him because they're like, no, we, we're going to see what Beto's up to. You know, <laughs> they're just, you know, they're just like, uh, you know, you're, you're, too, you're too boring. We don't even care if you're if – you're, but to legitimately, yeah, the things that – not just within our lifetime, but within 
like the last 20, 25 right. years, the things that, you know, were, were the end of a, of a candidate's career. I mean, and look, the, the Access Hollywood tape changed essentially everything because it's like, all right, so if you can if you can be on that tape, and yes, I know he says now that he doesn't think it's actually him, but if that tape can be out there <laughs> and before you run for president, yeah, you know, before you people actually go to the ballots and vote for you, and you still win, then it's like, all right, I don't I don't know what what it is, apart from you know like actual crime, like okay, you murdered somebody. Depends on who it is that you killed, right? But, I, I, honestly, you know, I feel like there is a point. Yeah, now there's where, a point. It's now, a, of course, if you're a Republican, it would be a yeah, lot right, exactly. So you but. know, but I, I do think that these are these these are all things that uh, you know aren't taken as seriously before uh, as they were before. But I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it, it's disappointing. I understand the circumstances for this specific case, um, and so now we know about the cult of the dead cow. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting, though, to not do it until after the campaign was over was the deal. But then you go ahead and sit on it in case he announced for president because you're like, well, <laughs> let right. me use it when it's actually when useful. It's be- mean nobody, something. Yeah. <laughs> nobody gives a shit in the middle of November, you know. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. I guess it's all a scam. It's all a sham. You know, uh, it just depends on who, you know, again, who the flavor of the month is. And right. I think that I think people uh, are just willing to forgive, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm sorry, but it's kind of a Am I the only one that probably thinks that the whole like him being a hacker is kind of lame? Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> like, like yeah, I can't exactly. I can't wait till they have they <laughs> unearth like, okay. the pictures of him in his Dungeons and Dragons yeah, robe. Right. <laughs> and he he did cosplay where he, you know, he was the Hulk. <laughs> okay. But he wasn't the Green Hulk, he was the Gray Hulk. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was the early 2000s who didn't do cosplay. <laughs> Scott. Okay, well, <laughs> Did now we know that there's some pictures of you yeah, doing right? cosplay, apparently. I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, a couple more things I wanted to talk about. Uh, no, I just did drag. That was <laughs> for Halloween one time. That's Hey, that's cosplay, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so President Trump uh, very excitedly was uh, bragging about a poll that says half of Americans agree that the Russia probe is a witch hunt and barely one in four people trust the Mueller investigation to be fair and accurate. Uh, do you think, Senya, that that's uh, – you know, obviously polling is all very subjective. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about polls on here. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, just as that, as that sample suggests, do you feel like that could very well be the way that, you know, about half of Americans do feel that way? Uh, yes and no. I think a lot of Americans are just tired of it. Cause I, I think that's definitely mm-hmm. true. I think yeah. I think that they just don't care, and they're just they're just ready for you know that to not be in the news anymore. And I know a lot of people that are like, if there is something, please, you know, then let it come out. If there isn't, then let it you know just let's drop it. But right, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, what do you think, Scott? No, I, I agree with you on that one. I think it is people have fatigue about it, and we've talked about this too. It's like every week they keep saying, oh, he's wrapping up, he's wrapping up, and it's it's in the news constantly. So I think there is some fatigue of, of that 50% that are burnt out. But on the flip side, you see that, what is it, like 77 82% of people actually want to see the full report, regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. So that also means that people do want to know what's in there. Um, but I, I will give the credit here with Trump and, and the team um, that they bulldoze with these themes and they hit at it and hit at it as much as people could say this is so stupid that he he does it but he does it so much that it does start to affect I think especially a lot of his key supporters and, and maybe even some uh, more uh, of Republicans that would 
be agreeable to his message of saying, okay, we're, you know, yes, it's it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt, which he's so good at continuously drilling that into people that it does, I think, affect some people as well. But I think the majority of the people are just kind of burnt out because we, we don't hear anything from Mueller. We don't know what's really going on. And all we're hearing is that one side coming out from Trump and then the other side of Democrats saying there's a lot there. But until we actually hear something, I think it's just like people are like, okay, it's been two years now and we're kind of done with it. And and as we talked about recently, which goes back to the Nancy Pelosi thing about impeachment, is that we're getting now so close to the 2020 election that going through a drawn-out impeachment process wouldn't make sense unless there was something hugely major in there um, because now you're going to get close enough to the election that's like people are either going to throw them out or Which not. They, so They obviously don't have. There's nothing in there. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it's one thing that, you know, we've heard both sides are saying, okay, well, they don't have anything. That's why they keep looking. But then the mm-hmm. other side, and, and what I always say, too, is because of this particular president, because he's going to say it's fake news and everything else, that Mueller's got to try to at least, whatever he's doing, he's got to make sure it's as completely airtight as possible so that there aren't any holes from the Pope because they will come back and try to delegitimize it. And I do think that Mueller's very good at what he does and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that he's not going to just try to do something that's not going to be completely accurate because he also is thinking about his own legacy and his own reputation. So, and, and being a Republican himself and, and, and his career, he doesn't want to throw it all away for a potential something where they can poke holes in it and say this was not true and this was deep state and this was fake. And so I think he's also being very careful on how airtight it is before he delivers that final report as well, which is why I think it's just taking a long time to make sure so- it's done. Scott, have you pulled the plug on the impeachment <laughs> clock? No, I have or not. Or you just set it for 2021? <laughs> no, I have not because I do I, I do think that, again, it, it's left to seeing what's actually in that report. And if there's something that is so damning or there is something that really connects the dots or even enough multiple obstructions of justice that Trump has done, that it might be enough to swing more Republicans. Again, we saw the 12 Republicans going against him in, in the emergency declaration that you, you know, you need seven or eight, nine more, and you could uh, ostensibly um, have him, uh, you know, uh, overturned from office out of the Senate. So I would leave it up to whatever happens in the final report. But as I said, if the report takes much longer and we're getting in closer to the end of the year, then it's really going to be hard to go through the whole impeachment type thing in 2020 when you have an election anyways to be able to kick him out of office or not. So uh, before we wrap, two very quick questions, uh, not questions, but just comments from the chat. Uh, Jay Camacho says, hell no to Beto. Bernie 2020. <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. Dr. Who Geek, uh, who I, I, is in the chat often, but I always feel like she's lost and looking for a different show. But I always appreciate <laughs> when she's here. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, she thinks it'll be Biden versus Bernie, uh, which what says more about the youth and vibrancy right. of the future uh, <laughs> leaders of the Democratic Party than Biden versus Bernie? Uh, good luck to both. Of and them. Trump, you know, yeah, yeah, right, seventy exactly, plus absolutely. year olds. Pence is the young man yes, in this equation. You know? <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, Senya, thank you so much for joining us today. It was delightful. Uh, if people are interested in following you on social media, where would they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ayas Girl A Y A S Girl, and or Instagram under the same name. Look at that. Consistency. Mm-hmm. That's Very what we good. like. Here. And good, Scott, good branding. Good branding. Where do yeah. people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And me. You can find me at Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow the show at Trump Report ABTV. And hey, Dr. Who Geek and everybody else out there, maybe you want to tune in Thursday nights. I do the Star Trek Discovery After Show right here at AfterBuzz TV. Uh, in any case, thanks so much to everyone who joined us in the chat. We will see you 
next Tuesday at 4 Pacific. That's 7 Eastern. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.